The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group Ohio. This hour is sponsored by Sim Trainer. This is WHIO's consumer warrior, Clark Howard. Beware scam artists in Dayton. I'll find you out. This is WHIO meteorologist, Kirsty Zantini. If weather breaks this hour, we will break it. And you're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Listeners and welcome to this Saturday afternoon broadcast of Shooting from the Hip. I'm Jeff Pedro in with Mark Avery, and we're from Sim Trainer, the Dayton area's first indoor range and indoor firearms training center. You can visit us on the web at sim-trainer.com. You can call us at the range at 937-293-3914, or you can stop down the range, which is located at 2031 Dryden Road, right across from DPNL Moraine. And we'd be more than glad to talk with you about any of your firearms-related needs or interests. Speaking of needs or interests, um, if you have any, any concerns or you're thinking about buying a gun, want to get some training, have a question about things that are going on in national events, call us here at the studio at 457-1290, 457-1290. And we'd be more than glad to discuss with you any of your concerns. That's what this show is all about. And we want to, as much as possible, be able to answer, answer people's questions, try to settle some of the controversy or some of the rumors that are floating around out there. So if you have questions or concerns, please call us again, 457-1290. Each week, uh, Mark and I kind of look through um, different publications, and we we subscribe to different uh, organizations that give us information for our show. And um, as is the case in every every other week, uh, this last week was filled with other things that we can talk about. I think most noteworthy was that, uh, no, to no surprise, the House Democrats introduced another bill, which is essentially a, uh, a variation of the Clinton gun ban, uh, assault weapon ban from the, the 90s. I think it went from 94 to 2004. It essentially has the same language with a few other trick clauses in it. The problem is, as is the case most of the time this early in the process, the actual text hasn't been made available, so we don't know specifically what is in the bill. So they like to jump up in front of a microphone and say, we're going after the guns. We're going to make those guns that kill people uh, illegal and all the parts and pieces and uh, variations of guns that do bad things illegal. And uh, that's what we're doing because an election's coming up and uh, we're in charge and uh, we can't go anywhere and find out all the details. However, there are organizations like the NRA, the Buckeye Farms Association, the the Institute, the NRA's Institute of Legislative Action, the ILA, that are actually out there kind of taking look at these things. And they have people, I don't know that you call them reporters, but they have people who have inside information relative to, to content. And the one thing I want to mention about this uh, current proposed assault weapons ban is what they call it. We know that's a misnomer, but nonetheless... Um, they use phraseology like any gun that has military-type um, equipment on it. Uh, they also make it very clear that any magazine that holds more than 10 rounds um, are included in the things that they're looking to ban. So we're going to watch this, and it'll probably unfold uh, like other bills unfold. It'll be slow. They'll probably try to do some things under the radar, which um, we're not going to let happen, and the organizations that we're affiliated aren't going to let happen because these are topics we need to talk about. Uh, the other thing that I think is telling about this, if you heard uh, when President Trump announced the um, uh, declaring a national emergency at the southern border, Nancy Pelosi and uh, Chuck Schumer both said, well, you know, if he does that, who's going to stop a Democratic president from later on declaring a national emergency on gun violence? Well, here's, here's one thing, along with all the problems legally with that, think about that. If they're going to just use that line to counter an argument that has substantial verification from the people who do it day to day, the border agents, the, um, the ICE uh, officers, if they're going to say, well, if uh, they're going to do that, then we'll do this. Well, my question to them is, why in the heck haven't you done anything yet? You had power for many years, all through the 90s. You had power all through the uh, uh, from about 2008 to 2016, and you didn't do nothing to curtail gun violence except listen to this number. Gun violence went up substantially 
during the Obama administration. Now, I'm not blaming that all on President Obama, not at all. I'm blaming it a lot on the policymakers who didn't do a whole lot of good to curtail gun violence during that time. As a matter of fact, it's if you look statistically, like they try, they like to they like to do so often. Um, it went the opposite direction. Well, and one of the things that I think is it has nothing to do with gun violence. There is, and I've said this so many times, but it's not a question of gun violence. They love to take the fact that a crime was committed using a gun and then blame the gun for the violence. The problem is there is a culture of violence in some places in this country, and violent people doing violent things, regardless of the tool they use, that is the problem that needs to be focused on. And that was a problem that absolutely was not focused on. And in fact, there were changes that were made that that either encouraged people not to enforce laws because it made the numbers look better, which does kind of affect what happened down in Parkland, Florida. There were some things that, that simply weren't done that should have been done, but because you know, it didn't, it didn't look as good. So we're not going to take, we're not going to charge some of these bad actors with crimes because that'll make the crime statistics look better. That's the kind of thing that eventually uh, when this continues, you get more and more people who get away with more and more things. And pretty soon it's a very serious problem. And rolling that back is very difficult as you better than, certainly better than I know. Mark, in addition, um, you've said it, I've said it. I know people out there know this to be the case. More than issues relative to gun violence, this is merely about control and power. That's the bottom line. It's about control and power. They know that if they can scare people to believe that certain things are happening and they've got the answers to stop some of those or curtail some of those things from happening, they're hoping that some people will rely on their emotional response to rally behind that cause and I think uh, Parkland's is a case where that didn't happen because that was a pr- that was pretty much a um, a well thought out, long, detailed investigation that covered ma- multiple facets of what actually occurred, what was done right, what was done wrong. There was a whole lot done wrong on a lot of other on a lot of fronts, and there was a whole lot done right on some fronts. But when that report came out, one of the first kind of the most compelling uh, comments from the committee or the people who put the study together was that we need people with guns to be spontaneously available when situations of gun violence go down. And and I wasn't talking about what happened after the fact, but all the things that led up to right. that and how where the, the multiple failures along the way that allowed them to miss that there was a problem and then not be able to deal with it once it started. So well, the, um, and when you when you look at some of the other statistics, that's where the problem has gotten worse and worse. Absolutely. And our listeners are smart enough to know because they've been following these issues for many years. When you look at the core arguments that the anti-gun community makes, that um, the people that want to control, they're, they're the control and power grabbers. The arguments they make, if, if, if intelligent people pay attention to exactly what is said, it's very obvious that their, their arguments and their justification is unsubstantiated and without, with, it's baseless for in all intents and purposes. They're relying on an emotional response to the issues. And another classic example, unrelated to the guns, is this, this concept about the green energy initiative. I mean, anybody with any sense at all. Now, now Mark, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, our country is over 250 years old. The Industrial Revolution, which I think was uh, um, geared up and was roaring from about the late 1800s into the 1940s, 50s, and still has the kind of trickling down of the the impact of that. Um, I heard a statistic the other day, and statistics are only worth as much as uh, people uh, talk about, but they talked about one major volcanic eruption has done as much significant volcanic eruption. I can't remember which one it was. It was one of the ones that occurred in our lifetime. Probably Mount St. Helens. Caused as much damage as much of the Industrial Revolution did during that period of time relative to the climate. Now, I don't know what the statistics are, but the bottom line is our country is only 250 years old. We've been using the energy they want to curtail for the last 80 to 100, maybe to 120 years. And our country is kind of based on that in our economy, the way we move forward. Yes, yeah, we should always be looking, looking forward to new ways to uh, deal with renewable energy, but to replace it is ridiculous. But the point I want to make is, is that when they talk about this, when they initially started talking about it, there were a lot of people who jumped on the bandwagon. But then when people started to challenge it, some of the people who jumped on the bandwagon early on said, oh, wait a minute, you know, Sherrod Brown's a prime example. I don't know if I, I'll go that far. 
I don't know if I believe that it's going to be. He lives in Ohio. How can he? What's yeah. his political success going to be like if, if he, he decides to jump on board 100% with those kinds of emotionally based arguments? I want to jump back to something else that you said, and it is about gun control. It's not about gun violence. And it's the, the, if they were seriously interested in reducing violence, then they would address the root causes of the violence. And I'm not sure that, they, that really enough people have done that. But what they're trying to do is instead stop law-abiding citizens from doing lo- things that they are legally allowed to do and, in fact, is protected by the Constitution, but they don't like it because it, it keeps the control, it keeps the government from being able to take even more control, which, of course, was the original design of the government as was codified in the Constitution by the founders. They did not want a government that had that kind of control, and it has been whittled away over the years. But if they were even serious about doing it, they would propose things that would have an impact. And not one of the things that they've proposed, not one of the changes that they have introduced would have had any impact on any of the things that have already occurred. Again, with Parkland. They, you, they talk about, well, we have to ban this and ban that, and uh, this is all terrible. And, uh, the, but not one proposal that has come out of that, with the exception of one person who is a parent who says, we need to address this seriously and harden our schools. That's the only person, and he's not part of the gun control community. He's not, and, you know, he's not backed by any, any of the uh, large organizations but he's one one of very few people who has actually recognized that we need to harden the targets so that they are more difficult for people who want to do evil things to be able to do. Part of that hardening, as you mentioned earlier, is part is making sure that there's an immediate response available on site, that you don't have to wait for somebody to respond. And that's an important part as well. I was really glad to see that it was addressed in the report it wasn't very pronounced. It's just a paragraph or so in a, in a large report. You kind of have to dig for it. And when I heard about it, I thought, really? And I had to search pretty hard to find it. It's not prominent. It's there. It's been dismissed by the people who want gun control. I think it's been overhyped by some of the people who want guns to be available to anyone anywhere. And I certainly am one of those People who want anybody who's law-abiding and who is willing to take on that responsibility to be able to carry a gun any place they are legally allowed to be, that may or may not be in the public school. It's very possible that you may not legally be allowed to be in the public school if you're not staff, um, a faculty, or a parent on a specific business, and otherwise you're simply not allowed to be there. Um, I don't have a problem with that as part of the hardening, that you can't just walk in freely. And of course, in most of the schools these days, it's getting more difficult to just walk freely on campus. I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. It's tragic. It's a shame that that's where we are. But the fact that we're recognizing that and taking steps to make things harder for um, harder by harder, I mean, it's a harder target. Right. Right. Then uh, that's a good thing. Those are steps in the right direction. And unfortunately, most of the proposals that we're seeing coming out of the U.S. Congress from the House of Representatives for all of these things and standing in front of the microphones and all the wonderful things that they're planning on doing, which, as you mentioned, they will not publish publicly. Those aren't things that are going to have any effect on it. All right. We're near the end of our first uh, section. Uh, We've got uh, Bruce from Greenville on the phone. We'll talk to him after we get back. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip. On AM 1290 and News 957 WHIO. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24 hour news, weather, and traffic. And our Ask the Expert weekends. AM 1290 and News 957 WHIO. Hi, I'm Bill Hausman, owner of A1 Sprinkler. Having a partner like Farmers and Merchants Bank means they know me by my name. My loan officer is always eager to help me with any of my banking needs. Thanks, Bill. Unlike those bigger banks, we understand what it takes for small businesses to succeed. I'm Clint Morton with Farmers and Merchants Bank, and we have a cool offer for you. For a limited time, get a free Yeti cooler when you apply for and close a new business loan. Does your bank do that? 
Farmers and Merchants Bank, FDIC insured, equal housing lender. Hi, I'm Michelle Collins, and we know at Collins Real Estate Services that buying or selling a home is one of the biggest decisions you may make. Let our family-owned and progressive real estate company help you achieve those real estate goals. With our 28-plus years of experience, we have a team approach offering you the personal interaction that you deserve that others don't offer. If it's buying or selling, we're here to help. We're centrally located in downtown Miamisburg. Call us at 866-6364 or find us at buycrest.com today. It's one hardworking appliance in your home that we all take for granted, the water heater. When it fails, it's quite a shock. Avoid that cold shower. Call A-ABLE for an energy-saving water heater in your home. We replace more water heaters than anyone in Dayton. We have great deals on energy-saving instant heaters and tankless systems. Always fair prices, always a live voice. Call 434-4343. A-ABLE, because it's always something. I'm calling A-ABLE because it's always something around here. Why Greater Dayton Surgery Center? I would recommend Greater Dayton uh, Surgery Center because I didn't have to stay there for two or three days. I was able to go home right after surgery and that was very important to me. Five months after the knee replacement, I was able to play in a tennis tournament and I wanted. Greater Dayton Surgery Center is Dayton's only outpatient surgical center offering same-day joint replacement and spinal surgical procedures. Call 937-535-2200 or visit DaytonSurgeryCenter.com. Midwest Industrial Equipment is your complete source for Clark and Komatsu material handling equipment. Whether you're looking for dependable forklifts, forklift service, industrial equipment parts, or even operator training, Midwest Industrial Equipment is the right move for you. Locally owned and operated with two locations to service you, we cover the entire Dayton and Cincinnati markets. Visit MidwestIE.com or call our corporate office, 877-366-7261. Make the move to Midwest Industrial Equipment. You will be glad you did. It's Ram Truck Month and Key Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Fiat, and Ram trucks with huge savings on over 200 vehicles in stock. I'm Chris Toby. And I'm Alex Toby. We have over 80 new Jeeps to choose from, and you save up to $7,000. Over 70 new trucks in stock for Ram Truck Month. From new work trucks to loaded heavy-duty diesels to the Motor Trend Truck of the Year, you save up to $13,000 on a new Ram truck. Shop online 24-7 at tobyauto.com or make the short drive. We'll see you at Key today. If you or a loved one are a victim of a surgical or anesthesia mistake, brain injury or paralysis, birth injury, late diagnosis or cerebral palsy, or wrongful death, Elk and Elk's medical team uncovers medical mistakes. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Need to remodel or refinance your home? Open a home equity line of credit with Abbey Credit Union. Interest as low as prime plus 0%. Visit us in Vandalia and Troy or at abbeycu.com. A few scattered showers throughout the Miami Valley into the afternoon and evening hours. High temperature 57 degrees. Now as we go into the evening hours, we do have a chance for a few thunderstorms to develop. Winds picking up as well. On Sunday, very windy. Wind gusts as high as 50 to 60 miles per hour. Temperatures dropping throughout the days. We have a cold front passing by. The high temperature on Sunday occurs in the morning at 46 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to the show. And there's a couple things I just wanted to mention relative to some issues we brought up before the show. I, I wanted to first remind our listeners that um, we talk about the establishment of more laws, and we talked in detail about this last week. But in Aurora, in Aurora Illinois, uh, a couple weeks ago, they had a tragic workplace uh, active shooter situation, which resulted in the loss of life of uh, five individuals. And uh, five police officers were shot. But the good thing is, I think all are either recovered or are recovering. But the point I want to make there, when you look at what happened in that particular case, there were breakdowns in the system at various uh, uh, levels. Um, Most notably would be what happens when an individual is found, once an expanded background check is conducted, uh, when he's found to have probably misrepresented information on an earlier 4473 uh, application to purchase a firearm when they discover a felony from another state, whereas originally when he applied they weren't doing the extended background checks, what is done there? Now, logically, just what I know from the process, the ATF and or the local authorities would attempt to seek 
and fine this individual, probably arrest him or charge him, arrest him, confiscate whatever guns if, if they're able to do so, and uh, move through with prosecution. Now, we haven't heard the actual details after um, uh, the, the concealed carry license or permit, they call it, in Illinois was revoked. We don't know exactly what happened, and I'm sure the investigators are doing that. But the point is, uh, again, the, the enactment of more laws is, is fruitless. It's frivolous. There's no, there's no potential gain for enacting more laws. I will say that the expanded background checks, when expanded means they not only restrict the check to the local and the state files, but they exp- extend them to the federal level. It's been, a, it's been a great thing. In the state of Ohio, it's been a great thing, not only in the fact that it checks databases all over the country, but it, by doing so, it essentially allows law-abiding Ohio residents to purchase a firearm simply by showing that they have their concealed handgun license. They, they still have to fill out the 4473, but that doesn't have to go through the extensive check, even though it's a short check, because they've already had the check completed. So uh, it's very beneficial in that regard when they talk about the universal or extended background check going beyond the um, the boundaries of the current state versus language that's in current legislation. I believe it's in House uh, House Bill 8, where they're talking about uh, um, expanded background checks to be now applicable, not only to individuals as they are at the present time, but also individual sales from person to person, sales at a gun show from non-dealers to or non-firearms licensed dealers to private individuals. They're trying to expend it, extend it that way. In addition, there's a, a companion legislation. I believe it's bill. I know it has 1112. Um, I don't know if it's House or Senate bill, but 1112 where they're talking about increasing the waiting period from what is currently three business days to 10 business days with the potential to make it actually be 30 days or more before an individual could actually take possession of a gun that they're lawfully entitled to simply because the system wasn't able to process the information. Yeah, those are both in the House, and uh, they, it, they, you're right. They, they wouldn't do any anything, but they've never proposed why these things are supposed to fix. They, they've, never, they've never said... Well, here is a situation where this, 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 and this occurred, and that's a gap in the law. There's no gaps. There's just what they believe to be true, what they want to have happen, the more control they want to take, and the problem then that they're, they just want to get these bills yeah. passed because they think well, they, they know they're not going to get them passed. Right now, it's all about politics. This is not going to happen in the Senate. They're going to they're going to do this stuff in the House. They're going to make all this noise. They're going to send them over to the, the Senate and the in the houses. The, the Senate is going to just let it sit. It'll probably never even get a committee hearing. It might get a committee hearing. It will probably fail in committee. It will certainly not get to the floor of the Senate. And even if it did, it would fail there. So those those issues, this is all politic theater. It has nothing to do with actually trying to do anything that is going to change the way people live on a daily basis. It's going to add, if they were to get passed, it would create all kinds of problems. It would yeah. mean uh, difficulties for law-abiding citizens. It wouldn't affect the criminals. And in many of the cases where these gaps have existed, it's mostly been gaps or lack of enforcement of existing laws which have resulted in situations playing out that were unfortunate. And people automatically make the assumption wrongfully that the law needs to be changed. No, the enforcement element needs to kick in and the activity, the investigation needs to be completed and things need to get done. And we talk about gaps. After this uh, break at the bottom of the hour, we got a caller on the line that I know is going to help us fill in some information about a uh, a gaffe, I'm going to say, in current <laughs> legislation that just recently passed that we all told you about. It's not going to go into play here for another couple of weeks, but we'll tell you about that after this next break. All right. And this is our uh, break going into the newsroom. So stick with us after the news. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. H-I-O. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. W-H-I-O, Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. It's 2.30. I'm Dave Daniels with the W-H-I-O News Update. Our top story, we're expecting rain today around the Miami Valley, followed by high winds and colder temperatures tomorrow. We're looking at the chance for showers and storms out there later today. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag. Your exclusive W-H-I-O forecast is coming up. 
Now WHIO triple team traffic. We've got a, an accident in the 1500 block of Wayne Avenue in the city of Dayton this hour. And we've got a disabled vehicle, I-75 southbound at uh, mile marker 47 in Moraine. Our top story, be on the lookout for some rain today. We're also going to see wind gusts near 60 miles an hour Sunday morning. A high wind watch is in effect for the Miami Valley from 1 a.m. tonight lasting until 10 p.m. there on Sunday. Storm Center 7 meteorologist Jesse Mag is back in moments with his exclusive WHIO forecast. Well, with high winds headed our way and the ground already saturated, we could see some power outages in the Miami Valley this weekend. DPNL says they're ready. I talked on the phone with a Dayton Power and Light spokesperson. We're prepared in the event of an outage. We are staffed for the weekend. Um, crews are scheduled and will be available. The number one concern will be trees falling on power lines. News Center 7's James Bukley with team coverage. Well, coming up in uh, just about a half an hour from now, the Dayton Flyers will battle the St. Louis Billikens. We'll have pregame coverage in about a half an hour. Dayton's coming off a 74-73 win Tuesday night over Davidson. Mike's lob, Obi, catch, and a flush. Today's game is sold out at the UD Arena, and it's a red out. Fans attending the game are encouraged to wear red. WHIO's John Tisdale with team coverage. Tip-off is at 4 with Larry Hanskin and Bucky Bockhorn. Our pregame coverage starts at 3 from Flanagan's Pub, and Flyer feedback is after the game from Flanagan's right here on the home of the Flyers, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Now with the most accurate and dependable forecast, here's Storm Center 7 meteorologist Jesse Mag. A few scattered showers throughout the Miami Valley into the afternoon and evening hours. High temperature 57 degrees. Now as we go into the evening hours, we do have a chance for a few thunderstorms to develop. Winds picking up as well. On Sunday, very windy. Wind gusts as high as 50 to 60 miles per hour. Temperatures dropping throughout the day as we have a cold front passing by. The high temperature on Sunday occurs in the morning at 46 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7, WHIO. Latest scan of the live Doppler 7 radar is clear of precipitation at this hour. Cloudy skies in the Miami Valley. It is 45 degrees in Huber Heights, 45 in Springfield, and 46 degrees in Dayton at 233. I'm Dave Daniels, WHIO Continuing News. What's inside your mattress affects its price, comfort, and durability. But most mattress manufacturers won't show you what's inside their products because they simply don't want you to know. How can you know if you're getting the best value if you don't know how your mattress is made? At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that transparency is what's best for our customers. So we have open displays of each model in our showroom so you can see and feel the difference in our products. Visit one of our local Original Mattress Factory stores to see exactly what we're made of. Not so long ago, all mattresses had two sides and for a good reason. You can flip two-sided mattresses regularly, making them last longer than one-sided mattresses. So, what happened to two-sided mattresses? In an effort to cut costs, most mattress manufacturers cut their mattresses in half. For nearly three decades, the original mattress factory has believed that building high-quality two-sided mattresses is the right thing to do. Visit us in one of our stores or at OriginalMattress.com to see how our products are built right and built to last. You know, changing your window coverings can totally transform the look and feel of your home, but it does take some courage, and where do you start? Now, our friends at Blinds.com, with over 20 years online experience, 15-plus million windows covered, and Blinds.com is America's number one choice for custom made-to-order window coverings. Now, whether you're looking for energy efficiency, maybe you just moved, maybe you want to refresh the look of your home, well, Blinds.com, they make the entire experience fast, easy. You always get free shipping. You also get free samples, free professional online online design consultations, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Look, even if you pick the wrong color, they'll remake the blinds for free. Now, just go to blinds.com right now, and through February the 26th, if you buy one, you get 50% off another, plus an additional 5% off if you use the promo code Hannity. That's on top of their already low prices. Blinds.com, promo code Hannity, buy one, get one 50% off, and an additional 5% off. Blinds.com, promo code Hannity. Rules, restrictions apply. This is Clark Howard here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Did you know you can get our latest news flash briefing on your smartphone or iPhone? Use the Google Assistant app and say, play WHIO News. Welcome back to the show. And if you want to get on in on today's show, please give us a call here at 457-1290. We'd be more than glad to talk with you. 
Well, these last couple of weeks, there's been some uh, stir among the both the pro and anti-gun communities about a some language in House Bill uh, 228, which passed uh, was actually a, a bill that passed through um, the legislature at the end of last year. It was vetoed by Governor Kasich, and then ultimately the over, the veto was overridden by both the House and the Senate in the state of Ohio. But during the process of this was kind of, if you remember, HB 228, like a couple other bills, were right close to the deadline. I mean, within days, if not hours, of uh, um, expiring before they were able to get things done. So there was a lot of work going on behind the scenes to make sure the drafts of each of uh, the, the 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 sections of the bill were um, accurate and sent back to the people so they could uh, review them and then ultimately so the bill could be signed. And apparently, during the process of these revisions, the um, Legislative Services Commission, which is vested with the task of making sure they get all the um, things right and get everything put in the right section, made a mistake where they basically put a couple sections of text in different sections, which put in the, the wrong place, put yeah. in the wrong place, Just, it was, and it, it was, was what a, I call a, a typo or a, a text error. Yeah. And uh, essentially, um, people were rushing to say, "Well, if you interpret it this way," and it was a long stretch. If you interpret it a certain way, um, then maybe it could be misconstrued to outlaw certain types of firearms above and beyond the the um, Reming or Mossberg shockwave, which was the one of the main guns discussed in this particular. Uh, element of the legislation. Basically, the intent was to create the allow the definition of a shotgun match the federal definition because that gun does meet those requirements, but it was outlawed in Ohio. Jeff, let's jump out of the phones and talk to Bruce, who's calling from Greenville. Bruce, welcome to the show. Thanks for waiting. Hi, guy. Great to be back again. You so, guys gave a great thumbnail sketch on what's going on here. You just reiterate real quick when. They put this bill together, and Governor Kasich signed it into law. They did exactly Or didn't sign said. it into law. Well, yeah, he didn't sign it into law, and it was overridden. Thanks for the correction. Yeah. Um, they screwed up, and they put a section under the wrong portion of the bill. They took the portion that covers regular legal long guns. As the, the thing reads, that paragraph, any firearm with an overall length of at least 26 inches that is approved for sale by the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, under the gun control, blah, blah, but is not, but that is found by the Bureau not to be regulated under the National Firearms Act. So what we're talking about here is long guns that are not machine guns or sawed-off shotguns or short rifles and things like that. Somebody screwed up and put that entire paragraph under dangerous ordinance. What uh. that did was classified any long gun that is not governed under NFA the same as a sawed-off or automatic weapon, zip gun, ballistic knife, nitroglycerin, dynamite, hand grenades, suppressors, rocket launchers, mortars, artillery pieces. At all. So, at yeah. all. So, and that's yeah. also where the original definition of uh, a, anything with more than 31 rounds in it became dangerous ordinance. That's where that was removed from is in that yes. definition, that section some years ago. Yes, in state law, that's correct. That's why up until that point we could not possess a magazine with 31 or more. Under law at the time, the state of Ohio saw a magazine as a machine gun. Yeah, ridiculous. That's all gone. We did away with that years ago. But in this case... But this, this is the law, same section of the bill we're talking about is where they put this instead of where it belonged. Yep. In this case, what happens is, unless there's a corrective action taken and he gets the governor and he signs it, on March the 24th, anybody that owns a standard stock long gun over 26 inches, not covered by the National Firearms Act, is a felon for possessing dangerous ordinance without permits and licenses and all that good stuff. And why wouldn't the anti-gun people love that to happen? They did, but their chances of having that happen are wrong. Now, there has been corrective action kicked into high gear, mainly because people that listen to this show and many, many others have gotten the word and gotten off their duffs and got their phones out and sent emails. Right. There's a bill before the House right now. It's House Bill 86. There's a bill before the state Senate, Senate Bill 53. Both of them do have the emergency clause in them, and they correct this by putting the paragraph back where it should be. Now, what this emergency clause does, for those of you that don't know, is the legislation passes. It's put, put on the governor's desk under normal circumstances. Once he signs it, it takes 90 days to take effect. With the emergency clause in, 
once the governor signs it, it takes effect before the ink's dry. Yeah. It takes but, effect right then and there. But the problem is that you have to have a two-thirds majority in each chamber in order to have something passed with the emergency clause. Is that, is that, that correct? That is correct, but I've been talking with several people that are directly involved in it. Matter of fact, they're having a hearing on this on Tuesday at 10 a.m. over in the state capitol, and I'm going to see if I can make it. But from the looks of it, we stand a very good chance of getting two-thirds in both houses. Well, well, didn't we require that in order to override the veto in the first place back in December? Yep. Yes. So we're in pretty yep. good shape, and it's only a matter of rightfully you know, correcting language that was wrongly placed in one section of the bill. It's not changing the essence of the bill that was passed. It's just correcting an error that was inadvertently error. put in the text. Yeah, well, what's yep. going to happen here, it's going to go one of two ways. Either the governor will sign it, and it will become law, and the problem is fixed, or for some reason we can't get the votes to override or get this thing passed to the governor, therefore as, he can't As an emergency. It. And then you're going to have possibly millions of people in the state of Ohio that are instant felons, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm not giving my guns up. Well, and to, to be fair, uh, both the Legislative Service Commission and um, uh, attorneys from the NRA and Buckeye Firearms Association have said, yeah, that's not probably what would happen. That has been argued as a potential worst-case scenario, but w what they're saying uh, is that really that, that probably would not uh, be the actual impact. Um, it is a potential. Someone could interpret it that way if they intentionally misinterpreted the intent, but then that would also cause other constitutional problems. So we, we recognize yeah. this is a problem that needs to be corrected. A lot of the dire predictions that people have argued, some of the Facebook things that have been posted. I mean, there's nothing more accurate than Facebook, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, everything on Facebook is <laughs> yeah. perfectly accurate. Correct, beyond doubt. It's yeah. even more accurate than Snopes. Well, Buckeye Firearms <laughs> Association has already dispelled that and said that the majority of those um, commentary, majority of the commentary on Facebook has been from um, uh, blind accounts or fake accounts. Fake accounts yeah. And uh, they're okay. just out there trying to be rabble rousers, and that's what they do. I agree with, with, with what you're saying, and I've heard those comments too, but there's something that hasn't been brought out that needs to be brought out and really stressed, is it doesn't matter if they think there's no intent. It doesn't matter whether Buckeye Firearms or the NRA or lawyers or judges or the people believe what they want to believe and, oh, I'm not going to be prosecuted because it's an error in law. You've got to remember this. The stuff we're talking about here has the governor's signature on it. Right. The 24th of March, it is law. Yeah. There's no arguing that point. I don't care. I'll debate this with any lawyer you want. I'm no attorney, but I'm no idiot either. Right. This <laughs> is law. Yeah, you're, you're and it does need to right. get fixed. There's no but, question but about that. Knowing about yeah, they, how cases progress. Enforce it. You get a county prosecutor with a bad attitude that doesn't yeah. like guns, and there's more than one in the state well, of Ohio, yeah. you can find yourself before the court facing felony And the unfortunate charges. reality, you'd be having to defend your innocence. And in this particular case, looking at how cases progress, if you look at the essence of that kind of a prosecution, you're looking at a case where they would bring you up on charges based on a law that went into effect last year, that once they get the original copy of the law as initially drafted versus the revision and find out that it's a, a change in the law that was a mistake, and when you put this in front of a jury, again, you don't know what juries are going to predict, right. you don't know what judges are going to predict, but the bottom line is the, the common sense approach is fixing it the way they're fixing it now, but even if it would go to a, a court uh, a court case when the facts are put before the court, whether that's the judge or the jury, you got to believe that uh, a good attorney is going to be able to make this right. Bruce, thanks very much for calling the show. We got a lot of calls on the line, so I'm going to jump forward to Kathy, who's calling from Springfield. Kathy, welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, I, a lot of my questions were answered with the, when you're talking yeah, about the House Bill 228. And so my additional questions are who do we call to tell them? fix this in question and my other question was when did we hire nancy pelosi to be in our state government you know the lady who said you're not going to know what's in the bill until it passes yeah well i mean this was uh yeah I, I i hear that the problem here was that everything tried to get done in the lame duck session instead of doing it in regular order before the election which in my book uh, given that that bill had been passed by the house over a year before it was passed by the Senate, and the Senate decided to wait until after the voters had already made their decisions, and so they wouldn't be as attentive to it. I think that's I think that is uh, gutless, personally, spineless. But that's the way most of the bills that have made it through the Ohio General Assembly 
for having to do with concealed carry. Most of them have been passed that way. So, um, yeah, the but, but it was, it, as we said, it was a drafting error. It's something that wasn't noticed, uh, not because it wasn't read, but because they were looking for certain things and those things were there and something got dropped in the wrong place. Relative to the first part of your question, I think you should just uh, email and or call your representative and exactly. let them know that you were... And senator. And state senator. senator and state representative. Okay, both the House and the Senate. Absolutely. What about the governor? Should I call him? Um, he's on board, but sure wouldn't. it would never hurt to let the governor know that you support that legislation as well. Okay, I appreciate the help. Thanks very much, Kathy. Appreciate your call. Let's go talk to Lynn, who's calling from Fairborn. Uh, Lynn, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark, Jeff. Uh, a friend of my wife and I, um, a female gender, recently was accosted and assaulted, uh, headed to work. Uh, I'm so sorry. To use the uh, RTA. Um, is she allowed to expedite getting a CCW? Uh, because she talked to us about that uh Using that police report, there there is a there is a temporary emergency concealed handgun license. Uh, okay. It is it is available without having to go through the training or the normal process, but it okay. is not a guaranteed issue. So unlike the actual uh, full concealed handgun license, uh, she would have to go and apply to the sheriff, and then the sheriff would have to apply discretion. I think in something like that, in most cases, that would certainly be a cause for why someone, you know, th those are the kinds of justifications that were envisioned in when the temporary emergency license was created. So um, I, we can't say for sure that's the thing about a, um, a discretionary issue license, but okay. it, the best thing she could do would be to go to the sheriff. Jeff? Hey, Lynn, let me just also add to that. Over the last year, I've had at least two cases where similar concerns were raised. And what we're able to do at Sim Trainer, we can get that training done on an individual basis in a day and a half. And it's only a day wow. and a half because that's how long it takes for people sometimes to be able to get off work and come and spend two four-hour sessions because many of them can't take uh, an eight-hour session. And then all they'd have to do is take that down to the to the county and apply for their license. And what I've done in both cases, I'm not going to reveal my strategy because I don't want people out there who may be kind of planning this out. I gave them kind of a protocol to exist um, absent that. While they were still applying for the emergency license, we had the process already in place to get the um, the standard license with the training. So there's ways to do it. Okay. And we'd okay. be more than glad to talk with her to help her expedite both processes. The emergency okay. license is only good for 90 days and you can only get one every four years. So she'd have to go through the regular process anyway to be able to continue to carry. Yes, and we were telling her she she want to have a long term license, but it it may be a provision. So I'm glad you answered that. Well, the other my, thing, my Lynn, other I just want to mention. Let me uh, mention one thing. The other thing okay. with people like that, they may have little to no familiarity with guns at all, and getting that emergency license and putting a gun in their hands, I don't know that helps them out a whole lot. Whereas if they come to us, I promise you this, and you know, you know this from. Uh, and I, I, I appreciate you calling the show and being a strong supporter of ours. You've trained with us. Your wife, your daughter have trained with us. Yes. And you know that we can get people to that minimal level of confidence and competence so that if they're ever in that situation, they can feel confident they're going to be able to take care of themselves. Real quick, what's uh, the other part? We've got about a minute left. Uh, what is the legal status when you're using the RTA, if, if you know, carrying a CCW? I, I just really don't know. Yeah, there's no um, restriction. Uh, initially, you know, initially there was a lot of debate, and I think that internally they were against that. But then when laws passed in the state of Ohio, which limited the areas that can be a restricted, a bus is not a building. So right. therefore, they could restrict it in the RTA building downtown if you were to go there to buy a pass or whatever you do at the RTA building. But the bus being a vehicle isn't a restricted place because it's not a it's not a it's not a building. The sign the buses did have signs on them at one time. They may still have some. Uh, they couldn't be enforced. Okay, all right. Uh, so we're going to be headed your way because she's really petrified, just headed to work. And we'll be more than glad to help her because that's what we specialize in. Thank you, sir. Thanks for Thank calling you, the show. We need to take our last break for the hour, and we'll get to uh, Dean in Miamisburg when we get back from this break. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather, and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Dollar Shave Club.
Dollar, we bought this moderately priced radio ad to tell you we're way more than just a shave club. Dollar, that's right. We also make top shelf shower, oral care, deodorant, cologne, skin care, and more club. Right now, get one of our shave, shower, or oral care starter sets for just five bucks. After that, the restock box ships regular size products at regular price. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash Dayton today. That's right. That's the name of your city after our web address. dollarshaveclub.com slash Dayton. Come visit Natural Foods Plus and the Juice Caboose. Now open in a second location, offering vitamins, herbs and supplements, organic groceries and more, including fresh smoothies and cold pressed juices with no added sugars. We believe our mission is to add value to people's lives, helping them become healthier and feel better through nutrition and education. Join us at our brand new location in Kettering at 3070 Far Hills Avenue and see what we're all about. Natural Foods Plus, it's where healing and rejuvenation begin. Hi, this is Westy with Everybody Fitness, and we are extending our offer for a free 30-day membership. That's right. You can still check us out free for 30 days with no purchase necessary. We have eight locations with tons of equipment, rows of cardio, and group fitness classes. We also have free childcare and free tanning. You can even do your cardio in our movie theater. Also, most of our clubs are open 24 hours, so don't wait. Get your free 30-day membership by stopping in or check us out online at everybodyfitness.com. Eileen Ivers, master of the Irish fiddle, joins the Dayton Philharmonic for two evenings of Celtic music, Friday, February 22nd and Saturday the 23rd. A daughter of Irish immigrants, Eileen Ivers has won the All-Ireland Fiddle Championships nine times. A Grammy winner, Ivers has performed for U.S. presidents and royalty, and the New York Times has called her the Jimi Hendrix of the violin. Get out of the February cold and into the warm hearth of Celtic spirit with Eileen Ivers. Get your tickets now at Dayton Performance. Better squeeze that lucky rabbit's foot, check your horoscope, and shake that lucky eight ball. Powerball is up to $304 million. That's $304 million. Take on the odds your way and play Powerball today. And for a limited time, play Pick 3 for chances to win more, nearly 20% more at no additional cost during our popular Pick 3 Red Ball promotion. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. A few scattered showers throughout the Miami Valley into the afternoon and evening hours. High temperature 57 degrees. Now as we go into the evening hours, we do have a chance for a few thunderstorms to develop. Winds picking up as well. On Sunday, very windy. Wind gusts as high as 50 to 60 miles per hour. Temperatures dropping throughout the day as we have a cold front passing by. The high temperature on Sunday occurs in the morning at 46 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to the show. This is Mark Avery with Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip. If you've not been out to our radio show page at sim-trainer.com slash radio, I encourage you to go out there. You'll also find a link to our Facebook and podcast and a lot of other great information out there. So uh, let's jump back out to the phones and talk to Dean, who's calling from Miamisburg. Dean, welcome to the show. Yes, how are you doing? My question is this. Uh, you said uh, about new regulations or new laws being dropped in the wrong slot, and then you went on to say something about 26-inch on the long guns, I didn't understand that at all. Well, the original intent was talking about shotguns uh, and overall length of the shotgun right. and the length of the barrel. Mm -hmm. And um, there was there's some definitional uh, requirements that talk about that, and they, basically they pulled them directly from the definition uh, that the BATFE, the ATF uses for the definition of what is a, a gun that is not uh, considered a short rifle or a sawed-off shotgun. The problem is they dropped the definition in the wrong place, and instead of making those the definition of a shotgun, they made it the definition of, a, uh, of dangerous ordnance, which is the wrong place for that to be. So when, they get, when it gets fixed, which it's going to get fixed, the, the answer will be that it will be put that back definition in the right place. Right now... Um, if you have a, a shotgun of overall length of less than 26 inches or a barrel of less than 18 inches, 
then you have a gun that's controlled or by Ohio definition is considered sawed off. Um, that is not the definition that the federal government uses. This particular gun, the Mossberg Shockwave, is over 26 inches long, but it has a 14-inch barrel because it has a very short stock. Well, in Ohio, that gun is outlawed, and the, the intent of this change was to make it so that our laws would match the federal laws, and that would not be restricted. And what happened is that those particular words got put in the wrong paragraph. That's going to get fixed. But um, in terms of in terms of the intent of the original legislation, had nothing to do with other long guns. Now, I have a shotgun that's 19 inches from the breech. Now, I always understood that was legal, actually 18 and three quarters. You're yeah, good because it it's over 18 inches long the barrel, which is basically from the breech to the end of the barrel is 18 inches, and you're good. So right now... No, that's fine. Keep it hid? No, 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 no you're no, fine. It's perfectly even, fine. Even later, you don't have to worry about it as it stands right now. And when the fix goes into place, which it's going to go into fix, and we'll report when it goes into place, you're going to be totally fine. So don't worry about it. Don't get yeah. concerned. Yeah. I mean, it, I understand about that shockwave. That's yeah. crazy, that gun, you know. Well, well it's, but it has a 14-inch barrel. Um, that, that yours is your, yours is longer than that, so that's not an issue, and and it, it's it's qualified under current law. It it's going to be qualified after the change, and it's not going to be a problem. Thank you. Shockwave won't be a problem. No, the even the shockwave won't be. Yeah, eventually yeah. it would also be legal as it is in the rest of the country with a, with a fourteen inch barrel. Right, but mm -hmm. it's a twenty six inch gun, so that's the that's the standard of a gun that it needs to be at least twenty six oh. inches. Hmm. Yeah. And we'll talk more about that after that law goes into effect. But yeah, your question okay. is good, Thanks and just don't worry, and we'll let you know. Thank you for calling the show it. today. I want to take just the last couple minutes to talk about some things going on at the range. I want to remind our listeners about two programs we have going on that are just really – uh, really kind of soared since Christmas. That's our training pass and our training pass plus. Our training pass uh, for $200, you get both the basic handgun class and the concealed carry class. In addition, you get to use, you get two boxes of ammo for each of the classes. You get free rental of the gun of your choice that you choose in the basic class to use in the concealed carry plus a three-month unlimited a range membership to the range. It's a $325 value for $200. It's a great deal. The other one is a Training Pass Plus, and in the Training Pass Plus, you get all five of our advanced handgun classes, um, which uh, normally they're $500 or $100 a piece, but we're also throwing in a one-year unlimited um, membership to the range so that you can, we're kind of encouraging you to come to the range and practice the things we teach you so that you can get real good real quick. So uh, you're saving $250 there. So it's a $750 value for um, uh, $500, which covers the cost of all the classes plus your membership. Then if you decide to upgrade that individual membership to a family membership, we're going to charge you an extra $125 for family members uh, under 21 living in the same uh, the same household. So that's an additional savings. Um, a, a family membership is normally $425 by itself. But if you take uh, the fact that you only happen to pay $125 uh, for the add-on of your family members, you look at the the value you didn't pay the 250 and the 125 you pay, you really would have only been paying in in theory 375 dollars for the um, uh, family membership, but we're wiping out 250, so it's just 125 dollars. It's a great savings. Don't worry about the math. Just come on down. Trust us. <laughs> when you see it on paper, you'll say, wow, I'm getting a heck of a deal. Look at our website and check that out. We've had, and a lot of people have come through. Absolutely. It's a great way and, to get and started. And for the right reasons. Yes, it's been a great business uh, sure. venture for us, but it's a great thing for you also. And the big thing with the training pass, you get the basic handgun class, which gives you all the basic fundamentals that you need to be able to shoot and handle your firearm safely, also to select your firearm. And then when you go to the concealed carry class, you have a tremendous advantage just in ease and, and how comfortable it is when we get into the range, it's a super deal. So if you're looking at doing that, and I got some friends who've been looking at trying to finally get their concealed handgun license, this is a great opportunity to do that. So contact the range at 293-3914 or go to our website at sim-trainer.com. Find out all the information you need about that. We are out of time, and it's a shame, but it goes by fast every week. Uh, stay around for the Dayton Flyers pregame show uh, coming up at the top of the hour. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.